Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is Christmas Eve, Eve, or Festivus, as we call it here, a Festivus home and home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Without a doubt, the smartest way to hire this and into 2020. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania. Both of us getting ready for Christmas. Thought we'd put week 16 in the NFL to music. And without further ado, here it is. On the 16th week of football, the NFL gave to us 12,000 Julio Jones receiving yards, 11 straight AFC East titles, 10 touchdowns in regulation between the Redskins and Giants, 9 mediocre Jason Garrett seasons, 8 Eagles wins, 7 Rams losses, Six drop Cowboys passes. Five teams. Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown four touchdowns for... Four Jameis picks. Three home losses for the Seahawks. Two touchdown passes from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in 70 seconds. One single season receptions record by Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get through it? It's supposed to end, right? I think it's supposed to be wait, four, uh, three French hands, two turtle, and a partridge in a pear tree. Like you, you kind of did the fifth one. The end's supposed to be like, and a single season reception record by Michael Thomas. <laughs> okay. That was amazing. We got we through did. it. I mean, we got through it. We that was history right there I, I think the ryan fitzpatrick part was pretty difficult because five teams ryan fitzpatrick has thrown four touchdowns for an nfl record that that was probably the trickiest of the lyrics you know it is but i'm jealous because that's the coolest part of that song and fitzpatrick's a my friend and b like maybe my favorite nfl player ever because i just find him hilarious did you see the picture of him on the field pregame yesterday with all seven of his kids wearing Fitzpatrick jerseys? I did not, and that might be my one regret now from week 16. That is incredible. Tell me more. Yeah, he's got seven kids, and his wife, I think, played soccer at Harvard. They met at Harvard. Um, but he's got seven kids, and, they, and like two hours before the game, He's just out there in Miami on the field, all seven kids out there with him, just like throwing the football with him. Like, 
I don't even I didn't even know you were allowed to do that, first of all. Second of all, I don't think I'd be doing that before the game, maybe after the game. He just doesn't care, man. Like, he is hilarious. Like, he cares so much about winning and plays so hard, but yet, you know, and when he's out there, he's running, he's diving. But then before the game, like, I don't know, he's out there with his seven kids just messing around. Like, the guy's just awesome. I mean, you want to talk about winning in life, goes to Harvard, you know, Ivy League player of the year, meets this girl, marries a Harvard girl, seven kids. I think he's made 50 million bucks now. I mean, unbelievable. There's something to say about a guy playing or doing anything like he don't give a damn. I think we could all learn something from that. Stop caring so much what everyone thinks, says, feels about you. Just go out there and do it. And I think that is such an admirable quality. I love watching him play football. And I sit with my son every weekend. He enjoys it every bit as much as I do. So let's go all the way through our 12 days and start with 12. Julio Jones, 12,000 receiving yards faster than any receiver in NFL history. He did it in his 125th game. Jerry Rice Jerry freaking Rice took 142 games to accomplish that feat. Julio Jones, 1,200 yards, six straight seasons. Is he massively underappreciated because he plays in Atlanta? Well, I don't know that he is. I, I think it's interesting. There were a lot of, like, different weird records broken yesterday. Like, as you go through the games, it's like there's like four or five records like this one that I I, I almost lose track of them, Dave. Like, I almost just, you know, like McCaffrey broke the record for receptions by a running back that he set last year. I mean, that's impressive, but I don't really care that much. Julio Jones, fastest to, you know, 12,000 receiving I I don't know, Dave. I feel like we get inundated by numbers and stats and records. He's a great player. No one disputes that. I really don't care who the fastest is to 12,000 yards. Like Michael Thomas, most catches ever in a season, that's a record, bro. Like that that's like that that's like a that that's like a legit record in my mind. Like that's like that's something we should talk about. That's awesome. A lot of these other ones, I'm just like, okay, all right, that's great. Like, I, I don't. Do you care? Am I? Am I being? I care because he did it in a season faster than the greatest receiver of all time. I care about historical comparisons. If it were one game or two games faster than Jerry, it wouldn't mean a lot to me. Seventeen fewer games to reach that number is mind-boggling to me, but it will be interesting how we view him, how we view, more importantly, Matt Ryan when all is said and done. His numbers are probably going to be somewhere around the top five in all essential passing categories. Will that put him into the Hall of Fame? But in the more immediate future, the question is about Julio's coach. Is Dan Quinn back next year? Well, I think he's doing enough now that I, I think that they're going to – Really strongly consider it. I do. I mean, I, I think they have, you know, if you look at it over the years, Dave, 
when teams finish this strong the way they have, a lot of times the owner thinks, you know what, especially if the owner likes them, like I think he likes Dan Quinn, and especially if they've had success like they have going to the Super Bowl, I think a lot of times the owner's like, you know what, I'm going to err on the side of keeping this guy and giving him one more chance. So I think it's I think it's a distinct possibility. And it's another one of those where you have to say to yourself, if I fire him, who am I going to get? Like, who am I, who do I want out there that I think is better? I wouldn't be surprised, Dave, if this is one of those where Arthur Blank for a couple of weeks maybe tries to get somebody better. And then if he can't, he just sticks with Dan Quinn. You know, he might be a guy that doesn't get fired till two weeks after the season. It's, you look at the season and they lost six straight in the middle. And you could argue they finished pretty well. They won five of seven. Uh, to me, I think he's got to be gone because he replaced all the coordinators to start this year. And where do they end up after firing all, replacing all of them? Six and nine. And, and that's just taking a step back too far. But I think you put out your feelers and you see who's out there who might be wanting to jump on this opportunity. And if, say, there is like a Lincoln Riley, or if you love Matt Rule, or if there is interest in Urban Meyer, if there's someone that really excites you if you're Arthur Blank, you have to make that move. But if you're just going to go with another NFL retread, I'm with you. Let's stick with the coach who's got this team to a Super Bowl. Let's continue the countdown with the Patriots who are 11, 11 straight AFC East titles, 24-17. They beat the Bills on Saturday. I'm sitting here watching this game, cheering passionately for New England strictly because I talked so much shit about Buffalo and I just wanted to be right. So they cover the spread, but really... Buffalo has to be the story there down to the 15 yard line and the final moments of this game. And they just couldn't get the game winner. Tom Brady, 32 and three against Buffalo, but Josh Allen really did outplay him in this game. How do you feel differently about either Buffalo or new England after Saturday night? Well, and I I would disagree with you there. I do not think Josh Allen outplayed Tom Mm. Brady in the game. Um, I thought Brady was really sharp and it's funny. I took, I had two big takeaways from the game. One is that probably for the first time, Dave, in a couple months, I now think that the Patriots are capable of winning two playoff games, even though they might be against the chiefs and the Ravens and going to the Super Bowl. I thought that the Patriots dominated that game up front, both sides of the ball. They ran it very effectively, much more effectively than the Bills did. Brady had a lot more time to throw than did Josh Allen. You know, Patriots moved the ball better against the Buffalo Bills than pretty much anybody had all year. Now, they had to settle for field goals multiple times on those long drives, but Brady couldn't dive into the end zone. He got rocks. They settled for a field goal. But they moved the ball really well. Uh, And really, even the Bills, the Bills' touchdowns were just a couple of big plays, you know, that Allen was able to hit. The deep one to Dawson Knox at the end of the first half and the deep one to John Brown. They didn't sustain a whole lot. So I feel better about the Patriots than I have in a long time. 
after that game. Brady seemed like he was in rhythm. He was protected well, getting the ball out quick. For the Bills, I find Josh Allen to be fascinating. I know you love Jameis Winston. Josh <laughs> Allen's somewhere on that spectrum just in the sense that, you know, he missed a number of, like, easy third-down throws that you just can't miss. He took at least two or three sacks that put the Bills in terrible position, and you can't take those sacks. And then yet he makes up for it with this unbelievable physical ability. Like, his running was phenomenal. And he made three or four throws in the game that were ridiculous. So right now I feel like Josh Allen is kind of your classic home run hitter. He almost hits a home run or he strikes out. It's feast or famine. Uh, he's fun to watch, but he's going to have to clean up. He's going to have to make – he's going to have to hit some of those singles yep. and not uh, not strike out and take some of those sacks for the Bills to be able to, to do some damage in the postseason. Belongs in that Jameis bucket in terms of erratic quarterbacks. Guys, I don't think can win a ring, but will be interesting. The Tom Brady block, my favorite moment of that game. The number 10, 10 total touchdowns in regulation between the Redskins and the Giants. The most interesting garbage game I have seen in a long, long time. The 11th touchdown came in overtime as the Giants win this game and possibly lose the Chase Young Bowl. There are two arguments. One, I'm hearing from my Giants fans who are really psyched about the development of Daniel Jones. Five touchdown passes. Thrilled that Saquon Barkley looked like Saquon Barkley. 270 total yards and two touchdowns. But you might have missed out on a generational talent in the Ohio State pass rusher. Was that a win or was it a loss? I'm going to go loss. I, I really am. And I, and I, I know Dave that, you know, it's highly encouraging that Daniel Jones threw five touchdown passes and play the way he played the way he did. And then to see Saquon Barkley have his best game of the year. I mean, if you're a giants fan, you're pretty excited to see Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and think, you know what? This is the future. These are our dudes. Like, we can do this. This is who we're building around. The problem is their defense stinks. And they need a guy like Chase Young desperately. And guess what, Dave? They could have had Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley play great, but still lose the game and still yeah. be able to get Chase Young. You could have still had those positive vibes of Saquon and Daniel Jones without actually winning the game. I think Chase Young is by far the most dominant defensive player coming into the draft at a gigantic position of need for the Giants, and they very likely just blew that opportunity yesterday. Now, though, if you're a Giants fan, I, I think that what you want to do next is you want to beat the Eagles next week and at least finish with a flurry and – at least feel like you uh, played the spoiler to the Eagles and maybe get some positives out of that because you're not going to get Chase Young anyway. So now you're looking at some of the other guys available in the draft. And quickly, Dan Snyder reports on both sides of this, but essentially he did not want his young quarterback to go back in the game after he was injured. Some say he was meddling. Uh, from what I understand, he said, 
listen to the doctors and don't go back in. I have a problem with a lot of things Dan Snyder does, but I'm not letting my young quarterback go back in that football game. No way, no chance. This is my multi-billion dollar organization, and I too want Chase Young. Smart move, I say, by Dan Snyder. And you? I think it's weird. Uh, I think it's a bad look for the organization. You know, since when does Dan Snyder in the middle of the game come down from the owner's box? How about never? And this, by the way, is part of the issue that ended up happening with RG3. Daniel Snyder sided with RG3 instead of Kyle and Mike Shanahan, and the rest is history. We know the issues that that the organization has had really ever since then, and they have an interim coach right now, but this is part of the problem. Owner involvement, owners going down and getting involved, what what does the owner have anything to do with it? Like, I, I don't understand. If the, if the doctor says, look, you shouldn't play anymore, why does the owner need to come down? And by the way, I know Haskins tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube and say, well, actually, the doctor told me not to. And, and uh, you know, Mr. Snyder said, listen to the doctor. Look, dude, you don't have a choice. If the doctor says you're not going back in, you're not going back in. Like, what are we talking about? I think it's a bad look for the Redskins as usual. As usual. Number nine, nine full seasons of Jason Garrett mediocrity for the Dallas Cowboys. They've lost four of five, eight of 12, nine points, no touchdowns. They score against the Eagles with their season on the line. I don't care what happens the rest of the way, unless they somehow win the Super Bowl, I just don't care. You have to move on from Jason Garrett. Look, he might get too much of the blame and the player's not enough, but something has to change. You can't scrap the roster. You have to fire this coach. I'm okay if it happens today. You. Well, yeah, I mean, he's gone. Uh, He's gone. They don't have to fire him. It's the end of his contract. Contract expires as soon as the season does, which could be Sunday if the Eagles beat the Giants. They could somehow back their way into the playoffs. That would be a really weird environment if the Cowboys win the division because the Eagles blow it against the Giants on Sunday and they're hosting a playoff game. That'll just be really, really weird. I know we're going to talk more about that Eagles-Cowboys game from a bunch of different uh, levels later on. But you want to talk about a missed opportunity for the Cowboys in this game and in this season. I honestly think, and I'll explain it later in the show, Dave, I honestly think it's one of the worst losses in franchise history when you consider uh, all the different factors that go into it. But we'll discuss that a little bit later when we hear from Jason Garrett and Doug Peterson. Without question, one of the toughest loss in the organization's history. Eight Eagles wins. Are they a legit contender, though? No, not at all. I mean, they've got no chance to win three straight playoff games, especially the way they've been playing. And they'll be the underdog, even if they do beat the Giants, which if you've watched the Eagles at all this year, and I've watched every snap, they could very easily lose to the Giants on Sunday. In fact, that would kind of be perfect 
for this season. You know, they beat some of the good teams like the Packers or whoever, and then they'll lose to a team like the Giants. It's entirely possible. Eagles fans are really nervous. They know it's possible. But I, I think for them to even win that game yesterday and to have the driver's seat to win the division, it's extremely impressive given the guys they're playing with. And really, it's it's Carson Wentz's signature game and what's become a signature stretch here for him with game-winning drives the last two weeks against the Giants and the Redskins with a bunch of practice squad guys surrounding him. You talk about what makes an elite quarterback, Dave, and that's that's what it is. You know, game-winning drives with practice squad guys around you. Carson Wentz was terrific. Seven Rams losses, 34-31 to the Niners Saturday night as the Niners convert twice on third and 16 are the Rams the biggest disappointment in the NFL this season? Whew. Uh, they're a pretty big disappointment. I don't, I don't know if I'd say they're a bigger disappointment than the Cowboys at this point. I think the Chargers are pretty big disappointments. Some people thought the Chargers were going to the Super Bowl. Falcons are pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, Redskins and Giants, etc. Rams are up there, but they're eight and seven. And everybody, it seems like Dave has one of those Super Bowl hangovers. Yeah, the, the Cowboys are one, but to me, the Rams are one. A one other question off of this game, and it's that San Francisco defense was dominant in the early going. They've now given up thirty-five points per game in the last three weeks. Is this a formula that can win in the postseason for San Francisco? No, I don't think it is. And their defense has been decimated by injury at all three levels of the defense. And they're not playing as well as they were earlier in the year. Now, you know, if they beat Seattle Sunday night, they only have to win two home playoff games. So they absolutely have a chance, but... Uh, not not feeling nearly as good about them, Dave, as I was when their D-line was killing everybody in front of them. Six Cowboys drops. Not sure which was worse, Michael Gallup, Jason Witten, or Amari Cooper, or the fact that Amari Cooper was not in the football game when the game was decided on fourth down, a rotation thing, says Jason Garrett. How in the hell is he off the field? And there's another issue of Amari in big games. He had four catches on 12 targets. Remember, he had zero catches against New England Patriots. Is this a guy they have to build around, franchise tag, or extend long-term? That is an interesting decision, considering Michael Gallup is already a 1,000-yard receiver himself. And Amari Cooper is going to get between 18 to $20 million a year. I, I think the focus on him being out on fourth and eight to me is laughable. I mean, they had six drops, Dave. Dak Prescott missed at least five wide open throws. That's 11 what should be easy completions in the NFL right now. And the focus is on a coaching decision to not have Amari Cooper out there. Look, I got news for you. Jason Garrett's gone, so who cares? Secondly, 
Amari Cooper hadn't done anything the last two weeks. Thirdly, it's not like they threw the ball to the guy that was in for him. They threw the ball to Gallup, who's a 1,000-yard receiver himself, who was in man-to-man coverage against the Eagles' fifth cornerback, Sidney Jones. I mean, what are we? I mean, I just think that becomes something that everybody talks about on radio and TV. That's what we're talking about. They had 11 drops and missed throws, and we're talking about a fourth and eight play where they threw the ball to their thousand yard receiver, who's really their best deep threat against the Eagles' fifth corner. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's that big a deal at all in the big scheme of the game. Five, five football teams. Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown four touchdowns for this is his eighth club, the Miami Dolphins. Not sure if we'll see him again next season, but I sure hope we do because I think he is the most interesting man. If he's not in the NFL, I hope he works for Dos Equis next year and takes over the most interesting man in the world label. Is he the most fascinating player to watch in the NFL? Yeah. No, you just said it. I think he is the Dos Equis guy of the NFL. He'll, you know, he loves playing. He'll be somewhere next year. It's just a matter of where and in what role. Like, how could you not want that guy as your backup? He's a low-end starter in the NFL. I mean, he's one of the 25 best quarterbacks in the world. I'd take him over some of the bottom feeders. You know, I mean, I think the Bears would have a better record if Fitzpatrick was their quarterback. I mean, what he's done after they gutted the team, Cam Wake and Robert Quinn and Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil and Kenyon Drake and all these guys. It's really remarkable. He'll be somewhere next year and he'll be a highly sought after backup quarterback. In fact, I don't know. I might've just talked myself into the bears bringing him in to compete with Trubisky. That'd be funny. That would be fun. And Devonte Parker deserves some credit. He has been outstanding for the Miami Dolphins down the stretch Far better than some of the big names out there like OBJ. Not enough attention on what Devontae Parker has done in completely turning around his season. Number four, four Jameis Winston interceptions. Now, no player in NFL history has ever thrown 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season. I am so rooting for this to happen. Jameis Winston needs two more picks next week against the Falcons. Can he do it? But more importantly, can you possibly let him start next season as your starting quarterback if you're Arians and the Bucks? Well, he can do it. And I, I think if he does, it'll never be broken. I mean, 30 intercept the only way 30 interceptions would be topped would be like if a team had the number one overall pick in the draft start the entire season and he just was chucking it all over the place threw a bunch of picks, but they kept him in there because he's, you know, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or whatever. That's the only way I can ever imagine. Because if you're pretty much anybody else, Dave, they're going to bench you, right? I mean, like, you're not going to be out there. I do think they're going to bring him back, but I think that they're going to have another option too. And I think there's a bunch of teams, Trubisky and the Bears, we mentioned them. There's a bunch of teams that kind of fall into that category where it's like the guy's done enough to bring him back and give him another chance. 
but you're going to want to make sure you have another option in case he can't figure it out and can't, you know, get these turnovers behind him. What a roller coaster ride it's been. Three home losses for the Seattle Seahawks, who were punched in the face by the Arizona Cardinals. 27-13, and the finishing touches, the final body blows, were delivered by Brett Hundley, the backup quarterback who finished off Seattle. Russell Wilson, 16 of 31. Yes, the Seahawks have had some tough injuries. Yesterday, Chris Carson, and he might be done. CJ Proceis and Dwayne Brown also injured. But how are we letting Pete Carroll off the hook for such a brutal loss, given all the focus on the Dallas Cowboys? And is Russell Wilson out of the MVP running? I already had Lamar, but you were very much loving Russell Wilson prior to this performance. Yeah, he's had uh, two of his last three games have been bad games. That road game against the Rams, this game. And this is their third home loss. They have not been as good at home, as we said. And now they lose Chris Carson, Dwayne Brown. They are limping into the postseason. Although, you know, if they beat the Niners next Sunday night, they win the division and still have a chance to get a bye, which is kind of crazy. And given their injuries, I think would really help them. But, you know, Dave, they've been 10-1 and one in one-score games all year. So they were already on some level a little uh, a little fraudulent, if you will. Indeed. I, I, I like San Francisco in that season finale, but that will certainly be a fun game to watch as we wrap up the NFL season two. Two touchdowns from Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews within a 70-second time period. The Browns were up six-zip, and the Ravens were lifeless in this game. The Ravens big time lit it up 31-15, 11th straight win, the number one seed. But Mark Ingram, a non-contact injury to his calf, no word yet on how serious it is. The drama, though, continues in Cleveland. OBJ throws his helmet, a heated exchange with Freddie Kitchens, Baker Mayfield screaming at a fan who is booing him walking off the football field. Once again, we reset the Ross Tucker drama countdown in Cleveland. What do they do to start fresh next season? Do they bring back this entire group as is? Well, first of all, I think that, you know, OBJ, I think he just saw how much attention Landry got last week with when he blew up at Freddie Kitchens, how many, social media hits that video got maybe obj was like i want some of that i want some of that pub i want some of that attention for getting in a screaming match with my coach i mean i'm joking but who knows uh, you know i mean uh, stranger things have happened uh they are if they don't get rid of freddie kitchens they have no idea what they're doing we talked about it last week here on home and home dave they if you asked 100 people Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, or Freddie Kitchens, not a single human being would say Freddie Kitchens. So how could you possibly bring him back as coach? You can't. And Baltimore, your clear best team in the NFL, and how would a serious injury, if that's the case for Mark Ingram, impact that? 
I think it would hurt. I don't think it'll be serious, but calf injuries can linger. It's a good thing he doesn't need to play the next couple weeks. I'll be curious to see how effective he is. They might even have him sit out, you know, that divisional round against the, the winner of what we presume will be Buffalo and Houston in the 4-5 game. So I think they might even have him sit that one out and get, get ready for the conference championship game. I now do, though, think that both the Chiefs and the Patriots could conceivably beat the Ravens. I think that'll be a good game. They're both playing well. Ravens have shown a little, little kryptonite when it comes to Cleveland. I mean, it was 6 nothing like late in the first half. But then Lamar rallied like he typically does and uh, threw some really nice passes to Mark Andrews. I thought he was on the football field far too late in that ball game. Boy, John Harbaugh is playing with some fire. One, the single season reception record for Michael Thomas passing Marvin Harrison. He'll likely get to 150. He's at 145 at the Panthers next week. You said you don't think if Jameis Winston gets 30-30 touchdowns, interceptions, you don't think that could be broken. Can this be broken if Michael Thomas goes over 150 catches in a single season? And how do you explain his success each and every week when every team knows they have to game plan for really one thing and that's stopping him and they cannot do it? What one thing explains his success the most? Well, I think he'll get another 5-10 to 10 next week. And I think the only person right now I envision breaking that record is probably him again. But I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he has been remarkable this year. It's two things in my mind, Dave. Number one, he is a tremendous route runner with great hands and size. And then number two, you know, Sean Payton is kind of like Kyle Shanahan in that he does an absolute great job of designing plays and designing motion, formation, et cetera, to get his best guy the ball. You know, I remember one time they were asking Kyle Shanahan about, you know, spreading the ball around in Atlanta and double teams and on Julio Jones and stuff. And And he's like, you know what? I just – I just focus on drawing up new ways to get Julio Jones the ball. I don't worry about all that other stuff. And I feel like Sean Payton does that with Michael Thomas. The route he put on Logan Ryan was a beauty. Just had his head spinning. That's your 12 days of NFL in week 16. If anyone needs Christmas carolers, Ross Tucker and myself are available for the holiday season. If you need to hire anybody, Christmas carolers like me and Dave or anybody else, go to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting your job to ZipRecruiter, you're going to be amazed how quickly great candidates apply. You'll be able to find who you're looking for in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, coming up, is Jason Garrett fired? We'll hear from the Cowboys head coach on 105.3 The Fan, also Doug Peterson and Elliot Shore Parks, WIP Radio. Join us to break down the Eagles-Cowboys Sunday game after this on Home and Home. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Christmas came early in Philly and in Dallas. They are airing their grievances on this festive, festivist morning. Home at homeradio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire ziprecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. We'll go to the home market of the Eagles and the Cowboys after a devastating loss for Dallas, one of the worst in the organization's history. 17 to 9. And for now, it looks like their postseason hopes are over, but they are still alive let's start in dallas 105.3 the fan they had jason garrett on this morning to talk about a lot of things namely amari cooper being out of this game with the game on the line was it as we heard a rotational thing how is your best receiver out of the game with the game in the season on the line here's garrett towards the end of the ball game we started rotating uh Tavon Austin in uh, to the game, particularly when we got into those situations where we're on the ball a lot. Uh, the, the play that we had called uh, for the fourth down play was one that was we used 12 personnel. We wanted Witt and, and Blake to be in there uh, together. Uh, that's why that's why uh, Randall Cobb was out in that situation. Then we just left we left Tavon outside. The matchup we wanted was the one we got. Uh, we wanted MG in the corner on the left hand side anticipating getting that look if they're playing that coverage and unfortunately we weren't able to convert the play jason garrett on 105 three the fan in dallas this morning they had timeouts ross tucker but now they've lost four of five eight of 12 their top wide receiver out of the game with the game in the season on the line the hashtag all night was fire garrett is it over yeah, it's over. It's really been over. I mean, if unless they were going to go to the Super Bowl, which they're not going to, he wasn't going to be back. He shouldn't be back. They've got a very talented roster. Even though the defense has underachieved as much as anything else, they should bring somebody else in to see if they can get this group to the next level. 
Uh, we talked about it earlier, Dave. I, I think all of the focus on the fourth and eight play is comical. I mean, you're talking about a game where there's over 120 snaps, and we're talking about fourth and eight, like as if if Amari Cooper was in on that play, that that would have definitely been a touchdown. He did nothing. He's done nothing the last couple weeks. They had Michael Gallup, a thousand yard receiver, one on one against the Eagles' fifth corner. You're not going to get a better matchup than that. Sidney Jones made the play. Gallup didn't. How about not letting it be fourth and eight? How about not letting it come down to that in that game when you've got a much healthier team and thus a much more talented team than the Eagles? I don't think it's a stretch to say it's one of the worst losses in Cowboys franchise history. You know, this is a team, it's the last year of Dak Prescott's rookie contract. This was a golden opportunity while your quarterback was dirt cheap against a bad division to be able to dominate the division, to be able to go and get a bye. They couldn't do that. They couldn't even win the division. Now, maybe they'll back in. We'll see what happens with the Eagles and the Giants. But this is, you know, an unacceptable loss for the Cowboys from top to bottom. Six drops, all the missed throws. I mean, you're letting Miles Sanders run into a gigantic touchdown hole with on the one-yard line. Nobody's in the play-side A-gap. They're a maddeningly frustrating team that missed a golden opportunity, and they deserve it. The opportunity so golden because Philadelphia was battered coming in. Essentially, no healthy wide receivers. No Lane Johnson. You're starting corners. Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby out. Zach Ertz gets banged up in this game. Fletcher Cox goes out. He gets banged up in this game. You had every opportunity. It was put to you on a silver platter, and they couldn't do anything about it. Yes, the coach has to go. But, Ross, the effort was inexcusable. Does that really come from the head coach? Uh, or is there a problem in the Cowboys' locker room? Well, I didn't notice uh, a lack of effort. I, I just noticed a lack of execution. I don't know how to blame Jason Garrett. Let's be clear about this. He's gone. He, I mean, he's not being fired. The contract's up. They're not bringing him back. They're going to get some big name, bring him in, and they should. And they, and they should try to see if they can do better with a different coach. But I don't know how to sit here and blame Jason Garrett for a maddeningly disappointing defense all year. He doesn't really do that much. That's Chris Richard and it's Rod Marinelli. That's not really Jason Garrett's part of the team that he focuses on. And then offensively, you know, he didn't drop those six balls. He didn't miss all those throws by Dak Prescott. They really are a front-running team. They're not mentally tough, and I, I I just never see anything like it. I mean, they had over 10 easy throws and catches in NFL game that they were not able to hit. Surprising in the end to see Zeke Elliott, who had not lost to the Eagles in his career, just 13 carries for 47 yards. The Cowboys' best offensive effort last week when they committed to the ground game, both he and Pollard went over 115 yards. No commitment to the running game, despite that they were always really in this game. You're still 
able to commit to the ground game, even down 10 nothing, but there was no effort to do so. So it is airing of the grievances on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Let's listen to some of the frustration after, for all practical purposes, their season came to an end Sunday in Philly. Like, I really do hate this freaking team. And my mom will text me, Dang it, the way you hate. I'm talking about sports hate. Like, I, I sports hate this team so much. They're so in love with themselves. The same standard crap afterwards. This is a perfect loss for them. Uh, because it encapsulated the entire season. Right. The inconsist- inconsistency on both ends, the total lack of ability to step up in a big-time moment, and, 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 and Dak was not good either. Dak was bad. I'm going to tell you what. I am so sick of watching this on-again, off-again bullcrap from our Cowboys. You're going to show up and drop 44 points on the Los Angeles Rams. And then it looked like our practice squad played Philly's farm squad yesterday. A very meaningful game because of the, concept, the circumstances within the league. And uh, uh, we've uh, uh, had times this year a lot when we didn't play uh, as well as we wanted to play, but uh, uh, we had in mind stepping back up here and getting on the run and uh, uh, having some good things happen. This is. Uh, a disappointing setback for that locker room and for all of us. And I know it is for the fans. I don't want the Cowboys to win. I know what's going to happen on Sunday. I'll be rooting against the Eagles. I'll be rooting for the Cowboys. Right now, like, I, 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 I don't want to see them rewarded whatsoever. It's like watching the little spoiled brat yell, scream, and kick, and stomp, and they get taken into the mall of the nicest store. Like, I have no desire to see them rewarded. Get everyone out of here. Fire all these fools. And that is Sean and RJ 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Excellent analogy. If the Cowboys were to make the postseason, it would be like rewarding those kids, taking them after taking them to the mall after a tantrum. I've been down that road far too many times. So there's the question, Ross. Cowboys, they're at home against the Redskins. Eagles, they take on a suddenly resurgent Giants offense. Danny Dimes was excellent. Saquon Barkley was unbelievable. His best game of his career, arguably. Could Dallas still back their way into the postseason? Without question. Anybody that watched the Eagles this year, especially the last few weeks, even when they beat the Giants on Monday Night Football and the Redskins, knows that they are very capable of losing that game. And wouldn't that be something? If the Cowboys make the playoffs because the Eagles lose to the Giants. That would be a strange week in Dallas, a strange playoff game. And who knows, maybe then the Cowboys go on a playoff run. That would be hilarious. Unlikely, but hilarious. That would be something. What a spectacular post-game performance, by the way. Check out Twitter by the Giants quarterbacks, Danny Dimes and Eli Manning out at a bar in New Jersey, playing Flip Cup. Bravo! Giants just became my second favorite team in the NFL. That's my kind of squad, post-game Flip Cup. All right, let's ask Elliot Shore, Parks WIP Radio in Philadelphia, about that possibility. Could the Cowboys actually get in the playoffs? 
could the Eagles lose to the Giants in debilitating fashion? Ah, that sucked. Let me try that again. <laughs> Nailed it live. Can't do it to tape. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So let's follow up on that possibility. Could the Cowboys still back their way into the postseason? Could the Eagles lose to the Giants in week 17? Let's ask Elliot Shore Parks, WIP Radio in Philadelphia, about that possibility. Elliot, congratulations on the huge win by the Eagles yesterday. But do you think it's possible that the Eagles lose to the Giants in week 17? Look, it's Philadelphia. The, the chance of a debilitating loss is always a possibility. But I would say, just from being around the team all this year, I feel like I have a really good read on them right now. And I don't think there's any way they lose next week. I mean, they are. They are the defense has been a little worse on the road. Obviously, Daniel Jones' big game yesterday is maybe a little concerning. But I think last night was really a turning point for this team and really a turning point for Carson Wentz. Uh, I think they're, they have a ton of momentum right now. They're playing really good. And I think just the chances of them blowing an opportunity like next week are are very slim. Boy, that's interesting, Elliot. I I certainly hope you're right. But, I mean, they blew an opportunity like they had against the Dolphins. They blew opportunities against the Seahawks and the Patriots. And they got darn close to blowing opportunities against the Giants, the Redskins the last couple weeks. I mean, it. It's the same guys, right? Yeah, the, the, the only the difference I would say, though, is you're right about you know the, the loss to the Dolphins, right? The, the losses to the Patriots and the Seahawks. The difference is Doug Peterson has shown he knows how to win these close games, right? I mean, he showed it yesterday. He showed it in the previous two weeks. And you're right, they did almost lose. But it's how they won that gives me the uh, optimism that they will be able to win next week. They're winning because of Carson Wentz right now, right? I mean, the defense played great yesterday, but Carson is playing the best he has all year. He's playing like a franchise quarterback. And again, anything is possible, right? Especially in this NFC East. But I just don't see this team shrinking to the moment of next week. You mentioned the head coach, Doug Peterson. He was on your station, WIP, in Philadelphia. Let's get some reaction from Philadelphia and hear from the head coach now. Ha <laughs> ha! The Eagles did it! The Eagles did it! I can't, Al. It's, uh, what's it about? Uh, ten, ten hours. hours. Ten hours ten since hours. it ended. I'm still not positive it actually happened. Could you take a good look at my head? Yep. And it looks very there. nice, actually. All right, well, thank you. It's, it's going to be green in two hours. The fans came through, I mean, from start to finish, it was loud, people were proud, people were positive, nobody gave up, and that's the thing, the Eagles don't give up, we're a team, you know, you've seen the Cowboys, they gave up during the game, they don't play hard, if they get down, they don't play hard, and that's not what this city's about, and that's not what these fans are about. Here's what happened in this season that is different than any other season I can remember. They lost these veteran guys that they paid a ton of money to. And here's what, now you got the kids. And the kids look up the Wentz, right? And they're going, they do. whatever you say, Carson, whatever you say, Carson. And all of a sudden, it's the 2017 Wentz again. Our guys were in the right frame of mind. I'll tell you that. They had a tremendous week of practice. They prepared well. Um, and our young players are really stepping up right now. And, and uh, it's exciting to see. Listen, yesterday was was a fabulous game, okay? 
but we're not done yet. We still got to take care of We've got some work that we got to take care of. We got to take care of the New York Giants. I think they got to just, they got to treat it like a playoff game. You got to hope they didn't uh, kind of spend it all tonight. You know, they just got to go in and realize, hey, if we win this, we get a home home playoff game and anything can happen. They're eight and seven. This is you're, true. You are what your record says you are. I said the nine and seven teams have won the Super Bowl. That's correct. That's the reaction. WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia. If you're wondering about the dying the hair reference, that's Angelo Cataldi, who will dye his hair. Eagles green later this morning. The tight ends were outstanding. Nine catches for Dallas Goddard, 91 yards and a touchdown. Another four catches from Zach Ertz. The question moving forward, Elliot Shore Parks is, is this Philadelphia team a true contender? I guess it would depend how you define true contender. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. And in that way, every team that gets in is a contender. And they're going to open at home, which I think is a big advantage for them as well. And look, the, the clip there said it, and it's true. You are what your record says you are. And they're an 8-7 and seven team right now. But they're also 3-0, and potentially 4-0 and heading into the playoffs. And then if they win that first game, you're 5-0 and heading into the divisional record. So they are playing their best football of the season right now. And although a lot of the players who at the beginning of the year everyone thought would have a good year and that's why they were projected to be good, this Eagles team was still at the beginning of the year viewed as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So if Doug and Carson, if Doug's coaching at the level he is, Carson keeps playing at the level he is, I don't see any reason the Eagles can't go in and, and you know make a deep re- a playoff run. You know – it's funny, Elliot. What's gotten into you, man? I mean, you're supposed to be the Carson Wentz hater, the Doug Peterson hater, the Eagles hater. Like, what? When did this? When did this script get flipped? Yeah. I, I, so I think last night actually proved that I've always been correct about this team, and especially about Carson. Uh, all year, I've been the quote-unquote Carson Wentz hater because Carson's not been playing well. I mean, what you know, like, what, what am I supposed to do? Sit there and say he's he's playing well when he's not? I mean, he has not played at a high level most of this year and the difference is now he is playing at a high level and when he is I'm going to give him credit for it because what he did last night I thought was a real big potential turning moment in his career I mean since 2017 you've heard people say again and again oh remember how good he was in 2017 remember that remember that well it was time to move past that I was sick about hearing two years ago I thought last night was the first legitimate step he has taken in putting that behind him and actually having some recent memories for fans to look out and point, okay, that's how good he can be. 31 of 40, 319 and a touchdown. Outstanding effort from Carson Wentz. Is there, Elliot, some sort of addition by subtraction when Alshon Jeffrey is not out there? What is there about the relationship between the two? You know, I, I think it has more to do with the fact that when Carson is out there without Alshon, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, he is the dominant personality on that offense. And I don't mean that as a negative towards those three receivers. They're all very talented. They're all good teammates, right? But the difference is when Carson's running the show, I just think the offense looks better. And I think he plays at a higher level. And when you have young guys out there like Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, who's quickly becoming an elite running back, it's Carson's show. He's the personality there. He looks more confident and in control. I think he plays more of his game. I think when he has all those weapons, quote unquote, surrounding him, that he focuses more on like being a point guard and thinking too much. I think when it's just him, he's able to get out there and just play his game. 
You know, Elliot, uh, I want to know what you think this means for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and how it changes if they lose to the Giants or he plays poorly in the first round of the playoffs. You know, things do things change quickly, right? I mean, we we're seeing it over the last three weeks with Carson. So if he comes out next week, he plays really bad and they lose, well, then clearly, you know, you're going to hear about it. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to be the quote-unquote Carson Wentz hater again. There's, there's no denying that. But last night, I thought, was a legitimate, like, turning career, career-defining type of win for Carson. I think it really changes a lot of narratives about him. He's won a big game, right? In the, few, in the past, he's been on the sideline when Nick Foles has won those big games. He beat Dak Prescott. He hasn't done that in any meaningful game really throughout his whole career. Uh, you know, he won a, a game that basically Doug Peterson called a playoff game. Like last night was a lot of firsts for Carson. And like I said, people want to bring up 2017, but I think the stretch Carson's on right now is more impressive than what he did back then just because of everything he's been through. And I think last night was the first step of him coming through the other side of all the adversity he's gone through. Of course, that will all change if they lose to the Giants. Talking to Elliot Shore Parks, WIP Radio in Philadelphia. How does this defense give up 64 points to Miami and Washington and then hold Dallas to nine? Did they make you a believer? Well, the main difference is they're at home. I mean, this Eagles defense has been dominant at home all year. They're giving up an average of around 16 points a game at Lincoln Financial Field. And that was after the first two games, giving up 27 or more. So they've been even more stingy recently. Cowboys came in as one of the best third down offenses in the league, one of the best offenses, period. Jim Schwartz completely shut them down. And I, I am a believer in this defense. I really am. I think that Jim Schwartz has always been somewhat underrated in the city and that he has had his issues in terms of player development. I think the coaching staff under him sometimes doesn't do a great job. But there's no denying that with Schwartz as a defensive coordinator of this team, they've been a top 10 defense really since 2016. So I was not surprised by the performance yesterday. And I think that when you project and you ask, okay, are the Eagles a real contender? The fact they're going to play that first playoff game at home is a really big deal for this defense. Pretty amazing effort given the starting cornerbacks around against Dallas and that wide receiver core. Elliot Shore Parks. WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia. Merry Christmas, my friend. Thanks so much. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Talk to you soon. Ross, are you a believer in that defense now? No, absolutely not, uh, because they especially are not good on the road. It's interesting because Elliot said yesterday on the pregame show that if the Cowboys had lit up the Eagles' defense, he really thought Jim Schwartz might get fired which might have meant that Doug Peterson and the Eagles would have been going to ZipRecruiter to try to find a new defensive coordinator. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. You'll be amazed how quickly great candidates are applying for any job, including Eagles defensive coordinator, which after yesterday, highly likely to be, highly unlikely to be available. Anyway, with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we're just about out of time on a football Monday. We're going to be off on Christmas Eve and Christmas and back on Thursday. For me, the thing, Ross, I am most excited for about Christmas is disconnecting. I will be wearing Christmas PJs, as I am right now, for two straight days. I hope that includes Christmas dinner, but my mother-in-law might decide otherwise. And I hope to stay off the phone as much as I possibly can. I don't want Twitter. I don't want Instagram. I want to steer clear of all of it. Can I do it? And what are you most looking forward to? Uh, I don't think you can do it because there will be some NFL news, NFL transactions, and you'll want to be staying updated for Thursday's show. So I think that will prove more difficult than you think. I do think you'll be able to cut down on it significantly. Uh, And I'm kind of similar, man. My mom's coming here, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and I'm looking forward to after about 10 a.m. tomorrow, after I take care of some other things, just being with my wife, mom, kids, family for almost two full days uh, rather than working. That's a rarity. (laughs) That is indeed. I'm very much looking forward to it. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Thanks for being with us on a football Monday. Happy Hanukkah, happy Festivus, and Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Thursday. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.